Breaking news. With the Celtics in the finals, talks of giving out rings to all of the players who had a spot on the roster at any point in the season have sprung up, meaning they'd have to give rings to both Joe Johnson and Ennis Cantor Freedom. In response to this, Joe Johnson said, You know what? Maybe I don't need a ring. In response to this response, Ennis Cantor Freedom went on Fox News and complained about gas prices and Joe Biden inviting BTS to the White House and not him for an hour and 45 minutes. Folks, this is Hoop Show. Uh, before this episode gets officially started, I would like to make everyone aware, give everyone a fair warning that my microphone was not plugged in for the first third of this recording. Um, I didn't realize that about until about 12 minutes into recording, so uh, I hope you guys can forgive me for that. It's not a very big mistake, but it kind of sucks. It sounds like I'm talking through like eight webcans and like a can and a string, so that sucks, but hopefully it doesn't... Uh, impede on the listening too much so anyway fair warning um hope you guys still enjoy all right see ya hello everybody and welcome back to episode six of hoop show i hope you guys enjoyed the last one uh episode five which was the game seven special i recorded that at like uh one in the morning or something like that i was very tired but i had a lot of fun doing that um i'm thinking about maybe doing something like that for the rest of these games in the finals just because it will be a lot, you know, it'll be very uh, strenuous, not strenuous, uh, just annoying to watch a game and then not talk about it. Because with nothing else to watch, with nothing else to consume basketball related until like the next, you know, three days. The, the weird spacing between them. So let me know if that's something um, you would want because uh, it is something I am considering. Um, but let's talk a little bit of... Well, this is the first time there hasn't been um, basketball on since the last episode. So I have come up with some other topics to talk about. We did a finals preview uh, in the last episode. I think that's in the back half of it after we talk about the heat and all the, the actual Game 7 that happened. But... um. I think in the, the uh, episode 5, the back half of that, there you, there are my thoughts on the Warriors versus the Celtics and some key questions I have going into that. But um, today I kind of wanted to talk about something different than that, some stuff I just kind of saw on the internet. I, I think that's kind of... I think that's kind of what I'll probably title or something like that, like stuff I saw on the internet. Because <laughs> it is that there's not really a lot of... Um, there's no basketball to actually analyze or uh, or watch right now. Unless you're watching like EuroLeague or the WNBA, which I should probably... You know, not a lot of people watch it, I guess, but more people have it here recently. And I think I need to get on the WNBA wave because there's certainly some cool stuff. There's certainly some cool stuff happening there. Uh, there's lots of ways to get into it. Um, so maybe maybe that'll be the topic when the in times like this when there is... Um, no games on. Maybe I'll talk about uh, the WNBA introduction, the experience I get into that, maybe. We'll see. We will see. I may just be too lazy. And I'm already in-depth in, in the NBA at this point, and it's kind of hard to get kind of 
the same level of excitement that I did for a totally different league and stuff like that. Same sport, but there's a whole new cast of characters, you know. But anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about today. The first thing I wanted to talk about was some legacy talks. So there's a lot. There's been a lot of talks of Steph Curry's legacy and the Warriors dynasty run they're having right now. Um, the media, it, it's totally just fabricated stuff because there are people that are actually get paid to do to talk about sports that have to talk about it every morning, every afternoon, every evening. Have to talk about it all the time. And so they come up with some baloney topics like, is Steph Curry top 10 all time? Which ultimately doesn't matter. I'm sure he just wants to win and have a good career and all that stuff. But um, people are saying that the, the, the question has been, will Steph Curry catapult himself into the top 10 with a, another championship and a finals MVP? Which, um, if you ask me, I think he's already on that precipice. I can't name top 10 guys right now because ranking players in the NBA is such a a difficult topic um, because well not just it, especially the ones playing today but even maybe even more so for the players um, of the past that I never watched play like I can't watch most people can't say that they watched Will Chamberlain but we all know he was insanely good I mean he has all the numbers he has all the stats but we just Never watched him play and were able, excuse me, never able to analyze him ourselves with our very own eyes. <clears throat> excuse me. Same thing for guys like Oscar Robertson. Um, you know, we know he was the original triple double guy. We Bill Russell. You know, when times were so much different, and we can't do it, so it's hard to put those guys in the top ten. But we know. People from that era might say that they are, but they never saw Steph Curry, right? Or they have biased interpretations of it because everyone always believes that the era they grew up watching was better than the other ones. It's just a fact. I will probably end up thinking the 2016 to 2020 basketball, since that's when I kind of got my first introduction on and I grew up watching it. That's what I'm probably going to say is like, you know, the best era, you know, for however many years from now. But... Um, I do think Steph Curry, without like naming ten players or twenty players that are um, that are in that list, I think Steph Curry is already kind of near the top ten. Um, and I don't, I think a Finals MVP and a championship couldn't hurt. I, I think what I say, he's there right now. It's hard to say. You could take out some of these ancient guys that I never watched and put players that I know are top ten worthy. And immediately, I think Steph Curry's in the top 10. I think if you take out some players that are just, um, that I have no knowledge on, or, ne you know, no modern knowledge on them, no modern interpretation or understanding of their ability, then it's like, yeah, Steph Curry's a top 10 player once you take out guys that, you know, are not in that, are not in that, you can't frame in the same, same way. So yeah, I think Steph Curry's top 10 all time. Probably already, and he gets closer to that every with every championship, every MVP. I mean, we'll see if he ever wins another MVP. He was supposed to win it this year. This was supposed to be his year. Then he had a two-month shooting stretch, which was terrible. Which you can't say he was supposed to win when he just straight up played himself out of it. But he had he had all the things going for him in the world. The Warriors were good. Um. People were trying to have voters fatigue. Uh, 
with Nikola Jokic. Um, people were trying their hardest to um, <laughs> make sure Embiid didn't get it either. You know, so Steph Curry, he, I'm pretty sure he probably already got votes anyway, even though he was terrible for at least a third of the season. Um, but he was supposed to win it. He has another chance. Uh, he has another chance at winning MVP, probably, assuming he doesn't completely fall off a cliff in these next however many years. Um, which it's hard to say if Steph Curry's falling off a cliff, if he's going to, you know, uh, continue to be really freaking good over the next X amount of years. Uh, just because the Warriors are insanely good right now, it's kind of hard to gauge because you don't always need Steph to drop 30. Right, he, I, I think he it's either this playoffs or the regular season he averaged only 24 points, which is the lowest amount we've got from him in a while. Even on those teams with uh, with KD, I mean, he was still averaging quite a you know upper 20s amount in the points, greater than 25, I'm fairly certain, fairly sure of. But um, he has another chance to win all those accolades, and I think that could definitely, if he if he's not in your top 10 right now which is kind of fair just because his career is not over. Um, I think by the end of his career, you'll have to say um, that he's at least top 10. I won't say top five because that's going to be, that is a tall task uh, for any player. I mean, that's like the, the Pantheon. That is the Mount Rushmore, like the literal, like we say Mount Rushmore of this and this and this, and we make it very specific. You just say Mount Rushmore of basketball that's like your top four players. That's your top. That is your top four players, and Steph Curry to be near that, or even on that. In some cases, some people will have you believe uh, by the end of his career. Then, um, you know, that's a tall task, and I don't know if he's exactly capable of all that. But he has been. He has shown, obviously, he's been incredible, top ten worthy. And talking about, excuse me, uh, those years with the Warriors where KD was on them. Um, there's been lots of legacy talk there about who was the better player during those years. Was KD the one making the team better, or was it Steph Curry that was making the team as good as it was? And I think there are a lot of dumb arguments on the NBA, uh, around the NBA like this, like just dumb conversations, like who was really the driving force? And it really doesn't do you any good because they were still just going to beat you up no matter who was the quote-unquote better player because they were both so, so good. Um, but if I had to answer, and I definitely don't, I, I'm talking about this on a podcast I voluntarily started and am voluntarily doing right now, but if there was hypothetically a guy with a gun to my head saying, who is the better player during the Warriors runs with KD, I'd probably say, um, first of all, why is this something worth killing me over? And then... <laughs> Uh, second, I'd look up, make sure that it's not like Rich Kleinman, his like manager or something, or Kevin Durant himself. I don't know if he'd do that. I, I know he he has Twitter fingers, but I don't know if he would he would kill someone <laughs> over their their Steph Curry over him takes. And three, I'd probably say Steph Curry. Um, I'd probably say Steph Curry was the better player. He's uh, KD doesn't agree with the to take the take that um. Uh, Steph was always the one getting double teamed more and a lot, and opening stuff up for for KD for himself. 
Uh, Draymond was the one who said that on his, I don't know if it was on his show or if he was in an interview. I think it may have been an interview with um, Colin Coward, I th- not Coward, Cowherd or something like that. I don't know how you say his name. He's on the, uh, it was something on the Volumes uh, podcast YouTube channel. And um, yeah, I believe that's true. And um, Draymond said that that Steph was a driving factor, which you could say Draymond has always been biased towards Steph. Because, you know, they were te- they've been teammates for longer. They've obviously become great, at least business partners and friends in that regard. We I cannot speak on their, you know, personal relationship with each other in terms of friendship. But you can make an outside judgment and say, yeah, probably. <laughs> they're probably at least some sort of friend. And they're, you know, they have a long-standing relationship. Whereas with KD, it was just, hey come play basketball with us, this is going to be cool, and then he, you know, they play for a couple of years, and then he leaves, you know, it's not as, you don't have as much of an, uh, a baseline, like, you know, relationship standard, or standard with them, and so, you know, maybe, maybe Draymond is being biased, because that is his current teammate, they're about to go in the finals, he's trying to, you know, boost his confidence, be like, Steph's awesome, Steph was better than, um, I just realized, this probably sounds terrible, um, how many minutes in is this? 12 minutes in? Okay, well, I, I can go ahead because I've already said some things. Uh, my mic has not been plugged in, so this probably sounds really not good, and it's really unprofessional for me to um, to not re-record all this, but why would I do that? <laughs> why would I do that? I'm not going to do that, so here we go. One second. We'll see if this does anything. Okay. Excuse me on that one, everybody. Uh, I did, <laughs> I did plug in my microphone and it stopped the recording midway through. So, uh, anyway, I don't know exactly what I was saying. Something about the Warriors and KD. Um, yeah, you know my thoughts on this already. Um, Steph was a better player. KD was. Um, he's really he never likes to give credit to people while he's still playing with them. Or no, oh, after he 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 loves to do that while he's doing while he's playing with them, but afterward that then he likes to uh, throw dirt on it. So by not he's not exactly throwing dirt on stuff right now, but he's definitely you know, um, I mean he's just being weird about it on Twitter. That's the that's the problem with NBA players on Twitter. For them personally, it's awesome to watch. Um, is that you just when so when celebrities like that when players of that degree are on Twitter, the two the in the way that Kevin Durant is, um, you get really strange moments like this where he's like, uh, no, I was on the team and I didn't remember Draymond. I don't remember Steph getting double teamed like that. That's just my opinion though. And Draymond being like, I was also on that team. That's exactly what happened. What are you talking about? Um, they had some some very specific quote tweets with each other. And Draymond was like, "You got to start uh, reading the the full clips before, or watching the full clips before quote tweeting." And KD was like, "I did. It's still a bad take," which normally is a good response. But I agree with Draymond. <laughs> like, he he, I, not on the watch the full thing because KD may have watched it, but his, you know, he could have still just disagreed at the end of it because of his personal biases of like, "Oh yeah, I'm awesome." Excuse me. And, you know, KD definitely has had these weird tendencies to talk about things like this that 
I mean, to be fair, it is in response to Draymond. Draymond said something like that. The recent KD was, however, he said there was some, it's not a call out exactly, but it is just a, a, maybe not a pointed statement, but it has a lot of, there's a lot of tension behind that topic already and speaking on it is going to light fire beneath it. And so of course, KD's going to respond to that. But at the same time, it's just like, why? KD doesn't have to respond to some of these guys. There's no need for that. We know what was it, what happened. And you can admit that Steph Curry is a better basketball player all time or was better during those runs. They gave it to you during the, um, they gave the finals MVP to uh, Kevin Durant because he benefited greatly from the gravity that Steph Curry had. Now, they didn't give it to him solely because of that. They gave it to him because he was uh, objectively the best player in those series. Um, but you could say, that's the reason he was he was that good, was because of the pressure that uh, he was relieved from with Steph Curry. I don't believe it's like an astronomical amount. KD is still, excuse me, one of the best players, best scorers specifically, the game has ever seen. In a way, scores it in ways that are not possible for any other player, name you know minus like two other guys ever. And he's incredible. I don't want to discredit him by saying, oh, Steph Curry made him, because obviously that's not true. He won an MVP. He's won multiple scoring titles. You know, the one thing he didn't win before Steph, however, was a ring. That was most because of the other team around him, and as well as Steph Curry. And KD makes some good points, too. You know, KD says that the Warriors, why were the Warriors a super team? Well, because he joined. They were already a great, great team, all-time historic, 73-9. But what made them a super team was his arrival. And, you know, that's not factual. That's factually true. He was a superstar who made it a uh, super team when he showed up. But being a final piece like that does not make you the best player like, they had stuff built in, and then you came in and were the perfect puzzle piece to replace Harrison Barnes. Like, you take the series, the finals that Harrison Barnes had in 2016, where he was 0 for however many threes and just was terrible on all fronts, and replace that essentially for nothing. For, like, you ship off... Um, Harrison Barnes for your starting center, Zaza, who, not terrible. I mean, he wasn't good, but he was serviceable. You needed just a body out there, and that's what he was. He was just a guy. He didn't have to be some sort of, like, you know, Rudy Gobert type. He just had to be a body, and the other four guys would figure it out. And, you know, you get your starting center for a ter guy that was terrible for you in the playoffs, as well as you replace Harrison Barnes with a free agent by the name of Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, of course. Of course they're going to be a super team, but that doesn't mean that you are now the best player because you are the piece that was um, the final piece to click the puzzle together. Like, Steph Curry was still the, the head uh, honcho, I guess, if you want to say it like that. You know, the head of the snake, if you will, if you still call Kevin Durant a snake. <laughs> but, um, that's a stupid, that's stupid joke. But, um... You know, I think Steph Curry was the better player during that tenure, and I think KD is a little emotional about it. 
But that's okay, because I enjoy watching both of them, and they will never hear my voice, probably. Um, one last legacy thing I wanted to talk about was there was some NBA Instagram post I saw today. Um, one of my former roommates and good friend, um, Jay, put on a story. Uh, maybe, yeah, his story. Um, oh, not just an NBA Instagram post. It was an uh, official ESPN ranking. Oh, my God. Oh, that's terrible. I just thought it was some random ESPN, uh, not ESPN, just NBA Instagram list that any guy could have just made. Like a guy like me, I could have just ran it and made it and said, boom, this is my list. And it's uh, those kind of lists are always so, so stupid. Um, there was a list that ranked Chris Paul over Dwayne Wade, where he was um, ESPN's official NBA 75 team, where Chris Paul was ranked 29th, Dwayne Wade was ranked 30th. Uh, my friend... Jay made a great point. Uh, Chris Paul over D Wade when CP3 has zero rings, uh, just factually true statement. Um, CP3 has had great moments. He is one of the best point guards ever. Um, most efficient, most um, or the least turnover prone. One of the best floor generals. All the things you want to say about him. I mean, he's had fantastic games in the playoffs, but. <laughs> And let me be clear, but he's also had terrible games in the playoffs, uh, has consistently underperformed in some playoff games, and had giant stinkers in the playoffs as well. And has only been to the finals once, has only been to the conference finals um, twice, if I'm not mistaken, with maybe three times with Houston, if you combine all the times with Houston, as well as... Um, the one Phoenix run last year. Um, and D-Wade is all those things that Chris Paul was as a shooting guard. He wasn't a playmaker. He was a floor general. But he was um, a top two MVP candidate. At least top three. I can't remember that year in 09 when LeBron won it over him. Uh, he is a finals MVP. So he's already won a championship. Already got that over Chris Paul. Which has a lot to do with team, um, but it, the the one series that uh, Dwayne Wade won Finals MVP was the series when he probably had the least amount of help around him, which was that 06 series when he had um, Shaq when he was still fat from the Lakers days, um, or just starting to get like old man fat from in like Phoenix and Chi and not Chicago, um, Cleveland. This is like the last series before he'd really turned into like old man Shaq. He was already old, but he, this is before he turned into like ancient. Uh, you had a bunch of like old NBA vets from like the 90s that like Jason Williams, Gary Payton, you know, um, Udonis Haslam. <laughs> I don't know if he was getting minutes at that time. Uh, excuse me. But, you know, a, a team where he averaged like 35 points per game was doing it by himself basically, and he won finals MVP. Chris Paul has absolutely nothing similar to like that in his career. Anything like that kind of success in his career. Um, excuse me. So I think... Um, I also think D-Wade winning those two championships. I know that was a super team, but those are still rings. He was injured for that, but he's also just... 
he's had more good years, in my opinion. Like, and his peak is so much better than Chris Paul. Chris Paul is probably an MVP candidate at some point in his career, uh, before I can remember, before I started following and before I started trying to keep up with that. Um, but he was never as good as 09 D Wade was. The 09 D Wade is one of the absolute most exciting players, just just overall best players. Watch his highlights and you're like, this is there's no way, you know, some some little six foot point guard could be better than this. That's a terrible way of saying that, because that's not that's not my true thoughts. My true thoughts is that D Wade is an incredible basketball player. Not watching just the highlights, but looking at the numbers, you can tell that he is a better player than Chris Paul. Um, yeah, I, th I think that ESPN lists it stupid. That is the least, looking at it now, that is probably one of the, not lesser aggressions, um, but it's definitely not good. Like, like, that's not the worst offense that they make there with that list. It's, pro it's pretty bad. I mean, MJ number one, LeBron two, Kareem number three, Magic Johnson four, Wilt at five. I talked about this earlier. It's kind of strange. I never watched him play, but he's top five. They have Steph ranked at number 16. Interesting. Let's see. They have Bob Cousy at 34. I can't. They have him over Steve Nash. I mean, players that I watched and know are good. Um... I know are probably better than Bob Cousy. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that he's 34 and ranked over guys like Steve Nash, uh, Ray Allen, uh, Bill Walton, James Harden. James Harden averaged 37 points per game in a singular season and carried the Rockets to the playoffs and got them pretty far for the kind of workload he had to, to carry. And he is... 16 spots below Bob Cousy, a guy I never watched and probably won like eight rings in the, the 60s with the Celtics. So I disagree with ESPN's list, of course. Bob Cousy this sucks, probably. I mean, he's probably an okay guy. I'm not going to sign off on that. I'm not going to like say, oh yeah, Bob Cousy, stand up fella. Because we, all the, the things I know about old players from like the from past eras... Uh, they they can sometimes take the John Stockton route in their media presence now, and I don't want to without knowing what Bob Cousy's up to. I don't want to sign off and be like, yeah, good guy, that guy, and then he say the most deranged thing on a segment within his canter ever. You know that would be not good for my for my personal <laughs> life. Um, let's see, I'm kind of running long on the legacy talks. Yeah, I've been going for about 20 minutes on that, maybe even more. Um, so we're going to briefly touch on just some trade rumors and then maybe some cool stuff after that. I may call it wraps after the trade talks, though. But anyway, trade talks. Uh, the Utah Jazz are going to blow it up. There are too many rumors going around their stars right now uh, where they don't. That's not an official rumor. That is a That is an official Tyler prediction, if you ask me. The Utah Jazz are, um, they're going to probably go into rebuild mode because the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I won't call it an experiment, I'll call it an experience, uh, has not been all positive. They have never gotten to the conference finals with these two as their nucleus, um, and there's been rumors about both of them going. 
I think I talked about it in the last episode about, uh, or maybe one of the Warriors episodes where Rudy Gobert could end up in Dallas or Toronto or some team like that. Um, and then most recently, Donovan Mitchell has been rumored uh, in specifically the uh, to the Knicks. There's been, I, I think there's been other teams, but the one that has been popping up the most, uh, or the one that I hear, maybe because I listen to uh, NBA podcast with the two most, or one of the most biased NBA or uh, Knicks, most biased Knicks fans ever. Um, maybe it's because I hear that a lot just because of him, but I also believe that that's probably where uh, a team that he, he's he been rumored to outside of just the bias and the wants from Knicks fans. Um, but there's a report about them saying the Knicks and the Jazz trade remains highly unlikely which we'll have to see about that, but just him being in the news, not in the news, in the rumor mill, as well as Rudy Gobert, tells me everything you need to know. Um, there's been also some rumors that Quinn Snyder, their head coach, is going to either, I don't know, I don't think it was retire, but look for his next spot, which, whoo-wee, I don't like that for, I don't like that for the, the Jazz. I mean, they're going to rebuild, and I think that's great. But losing everything that made you good is not very good. Like they're gonna have to fight. They're they're gonna fire their coach. They're gonna trade their best players. I mean, what are they gonna be left with? They better get some good draft capital, because uh, Lord knows that no one wants to sign with Utah. No big names are coming there and building something. Uh, that there's been a long time since something like that happened. Um, which you know, no offense to Utah. But it's the same thing. If there was an Arkansas um, professional team, yeah, there would, it wouldn't be as pleasing to guys that make $60 million a year as someone like L.A. or New York. It's just it's not the same place, especially for guys with that kind of capital, with that kind of money on them. So... And you, you see it in the uh, the current Jazz construction. They get role players because they shell out for them. But their two most uh, their two most valuable players, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, are homegrown, are draft picks that they traded or they got from the Nuggets, ironically enough. Um, so yeah, the Jazz are going to suck again real soon uh, in ways that are more um, acceptable to suck. Like, this, the way they suck right now is that they just can't win in the playoffs. And they're about to be where they're like, I don't know if it's immediately, but within the next two seasons, they will be bottom feeders once again, battling for top three picks, hoping that they can get something uh, that is good. And who knows, they might get it. And they might be right back where they want to be. And who knows. But... One last trade rumor I saw was um, OG Ananobi of the Raptors. He's getting some calls about Utah and Portland, which the from Utah and Portland, um, which I think th th builds into my Utah theory some more. But I think OG Ananobi in Portland might be really good. Uh, they have some guys that are kind of bad, uh, Portland does, and OG Ananobi would be a young guy that, that can help you right now, as well as if Dame decides to leave. He can be a, a building piece. I think OG Ananobi is an ideal guy for Portland, uh, regardless of what happens with Dame. 
oh, excuse me. Uh, if OG Ananobi, or uh, excuse me, uh, if Damian Lillard leaves, OG Ananobi can become one of your better players and someone to build around. Or if Dame uh, stays, then he can certainly um, be a 3 and D um, with a little bit of extra sauce in between uh, role player. You know, not all 3 and D. He, ha he can handle, he can really defend, and he can really be something. And I think... I don't know what Portland would have to give up to get him, but being able to play him some minutes would be great. Um, let's see. How much time have I got left? Eh, it's probably going to run a little bit long, but that's okay. I just want to say one last thing. Um, I thought this was funny, and then, then we'll head out. Uh, Paolo Bancaro said he wasn't a fan of the OKC Thunder. He just doesn't like them. And saying that before you get drafted, when it is likely... That he goes top three at the very least, and the Thunder have a top two pick. It's very funny that he said that. Like, why? That's like um, when Anthony Edwards was like, Yeah, I don't even really like basketball that much <laughs> before he got picked number one. He, it turned out okay, but it's just something you're like, Why would you say that? <laughs> why would you say that? Especially because his reason, Paolo Bancaro's reasoning for not liking the Thunder growing up was like, I grew up on the Seattle Supersonics. And I was like, No, you didn't. Paolo, we're, I'm older than you. I, I think he's probably like 19 and I'm 20. And Paolo Bancaro, it's like, man, what are you talking about? That was in 0... Um, was it 08 that the Thunder became the... Or the Sonics became the Thunder? It's like, you were watching basketball since... I mean, it's, people get started on basketball very young. I was probably more of a late guy than that. But you didn't grow up on them. You were like five. You were at most like like six years old when Ben Caro was or when KD was a rookie in for the Sonics. It's like you didn't grow up on them. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Paolo? Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I'm going to end it on that note. Um, so I hope you all enjoy listening to this episode. Um, Next episode, there will be some actual basketball to talk about. Game one will have happened. Um, again, listen to the last episode, um, episode five, the after hour special, uh, the back half of that for my uh, finals prediction and all my finals thoughts. Um, so game one, that's happening tomorrow. That should be fun. Um, I'll probably wait till Saturday to do another episode on that. Um, we'll see. We shall see. I'm, I may do a Saturday night special edition. Who knows? Well, actually, it won't be special because I normally record on Saturdays. But that's not the point. That is not the point. It might be just an after hours just because I will stay up and watch the game. But anyway, once again, I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to, to today's episode. Uh, like it. Uh, you don't subscribe. You follow it. Um, give it a rating. I think those are all things that boost it. And yeah, alright. Peace out, guys. Signing off.